Hey everyone, this is uh, an episode of Rowdy Reviews. Um, things are a little bit weird this episode. Uh, when we recorded this episode, something's got deleted. So me and Kyle decided to fill in the gaps. Um, co-host Matt and co-host Frank are also on this episode, but they're in the original part. So uh, don't complain too much. Because uh, we literally have no idea what we're doing with our lives right now. so um, We're just a mess. We're just a big old mess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this episode's about the Joker, if you couldn't already tell from uh, the title description. Um, yeah, Kyle, uh, how, what, what's your, what would you give about this movie? Like, just to sum it up, you know? Um, like, n- non-spoiler. Well, I think we mentioned it throughout the episode, but there's definitely... Um, some references to other movies. I think Taxi Driver is a big one. Uh, maybe even The King of Comedy, but <clears throat> I kind of got a similar vibe from a, a Taxi Driver. And I did say one hour photo too. Yeah. I know it's not like kind of during that same time period, but uh, this was just about a man who is, you know, going through um, some mental health issues and his mom is, is as well. And, uh, Basically, it's him trying to deal with everyday life with uh, a job in a place, New York City, that uh, is just riddled with crime. But, I mean, it's actually Gotham, I guess. But um, I liked the movie a lot. I thought Joaquin Phoenix's character was very realistic. If it's not as good as... Heath Ledger's performance, it's certainly one of the most realistic performances I've seen of the Joker as far as the mental health side of it. I liked how they weave that in there. And it kind of has a political uh, feel to it as well. So definitely relevant in this day and age. But. Yeah, I should remember um, briefly from what Frank said that Frank said of like this movie is wild as fuck. And it is. I feel like all the co-hosts had the same exact view on it. I just feel bad I couldn't get him along for uh, this portion of the episode, but um, you'll re- the co-host Matt and co-host Frank give a really good view throughout the whole part of the movie. And um, how would you describe the start of the movie? It's just well, the it's Arthur the Fleck. It's kind of like Arthur Fleck. He's at his um, he's painting on his face, right? And he's at his job, and it's like, I mean. To me, the mask has always been symbolic a little bit. Yeah. It's like the mask, like a facade that we all kind of put on. Yeah. Like everything is fine when really, clearly, in the Joker's case, he's not okay. This might be he's dangerous. Struggling, but he puts on it. It's, it's like he's um, lifting up his face to make a smile with his fingers. Yeah. And like then tears start coming out like slowly. Like I thought that was like. A pretty symbolic moment right there. And that's just at the beginning shot, you know. So yeah, like the opening shot was It's kind of wild. I don't know, like, I, I, I thought that as well. I think, um, you just seeing him getting ready for a job, he probably fucking hates. Yeah, like most of us. Yeah. Because it's a job and Degrading. people get paid, but at the same time... Like, have you ever had a job... It's something they want to be doing. Have you ever had a work to job that like you just didn't like, but you still did it every day? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I feel that about what we do. Not every day. Some days it's okay. Honestly, the job we have right now is probably the job I've been the happiest in. Being in the army, I felt like Dude, that I worked day. construction. I hated that. Uh, I uh, being in the military, it was like that a lot. Just sheer. Yeah. I wake up and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> why go on? What was me? What was me? <laughs> and 
Yeah, and so it cuts to another scene, and it just shows the title sequence, <clears throat> and um, he's just dancing in front of a store, mm-hmm. getting his groove on, and then these ki- these kids run amok and molly rock him in the face and take his stuff. That's right. I think um, you had mentioned that uh, the flower, like when he's knocked down on the ground and gets beat up by those kids, those hoodlums, that... Uh, the flower actually spills water. <laughs> it's like the flower is even crying because of the, uh, you know how clowns would always keep the water, like to spray water from their flower. So I feel like that's kind of a funny moment that was put in there by the director. Yeah, just like, he's so, it's his life is so sad. Like it's so even, sad, even the flower's crying. <laughs> <laughs> the flower's depressed for him, bro. That's how sad this ish was. Yeah. Um, was so bad. it cuts to that and then it cuts to him in his therapist's office? It's... Yes. And he's asking to up his dosage. Mm-hmm. Or his medication. And uh, she's like, you're on seven different medications already. Okay, he's like... And uh, also, she asked for his journal. And she's like, can I see, uh, your, uh, can I see your journal? And he's like, oh yeah. And it's full of like, pornographic images. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what was that quote? The saying in there is like, I hope my it death makes, makes more, more sense, sense than my life. Sense being the other, like... Like money, like see like it. Like monetary. Yeah, like the like pennies and quarters. I'm like... And honestly, I did kind of think that was funny. And I know yeah. co-host Frank even said yeah. some of the jokes that the Joker makes are legitimately funny. But um, if people who know, like, know, like, how all of us <laughs> think, I think all us co-hosts kind of have a similar dark sense of humor or oh, yeah. we can grasp around dark senses of humor mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was funny but I can see how the general public would think that it's a little off it's a little bit off putting <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I'm, for, for me as a little kid growing up for some reason I've always cheered for the bad guy I think like, I've just always wanted to see the bad I've always thought the bad guys were more interesting yikes because it's always a, I mean, you get you get the bad and good. Like no one is like ever, but like the there's just more to them, you know. Like the good guys don't, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just yeah, the stand for good. But it feels like there's not much more than that. And the bad guys have to become bad somehow. Yeah, I, uh, I feel that too. I just think with his character, he's not an anti-villain. You can see, like, it's like almost... He just wants to be... He, he tries to be a good guy. The way the story unfolds, it kind of feels like... Um, I don't want to say they're justifying his actions. Nothing can just... Becomes. I'm going to be... Let's throw it out there. We're not advocating his behavior at all. No. It is extremely inappropriate. Let's throw that out there so we don't get canceled. But I do think um, it's definitely making you see it from another perspective. It's, and I like that about this is like... We're so quick to point out um, people that do bad things, but at the same time, uh, we're unwilling to uh, admit that all of us are imperfect. All of us do things like treat people uh, a little differently based on how they are. And, and maybe this movie could be as much a reflection on that and uh, you know, trying to be civil, decent with people, even if we don't uh, relate necessarily the same way to them, but I think that's an important message to take out of it. Yeah, and uh, I agree with that too. I just think it's just like it's that scene in general when 
he's talking about like what he thinks and how he just has all these negative thoughts. Like me and Kyle, we work in the field of mental health to a certain capacity. I'm not going to get too much into it just for privacy reasons. But I've seen patients that remind me of Arthur Fleck. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, that's, that's why, why I think he's we, the most realistic character, that, like the way he's portrayed it. Him and Anton Chigra are the two most <laughs> realistic men, like patients. And to, yeah, to me, this is like, um, um, I just feel like there's, the way Joaquin Phoenix played it, it's like, Phenomenal. this would make sense for a character of the Joker. Like, the everything, all the background, I feel like it's it makes sense. Like, is raised in a family like he's kind of a social outcast his whole life didn't fit in grows up in a, a hard area you know that's not easy to fit in well he's a little different and he's got some mental health issues just like uh he's in his own family so you kind of get an idea a little bit it's like yeah that kind of makes sense that that character would become this as a result so Yeah, and so it just shows him on a. He shows him getting back. Like after that, it shows him just getting ready, like throughout his day. It shows him getting on a train, and uh, this is after the medication. Like what no, we... he he goes to the pharmacy. Yeah, he got the medication and stuff. And it shows him going up a flight, a big flight of stairs, which plays a role later on in the movie. Because yes. after he walk, he goes to the pharmacy, walks up the stairs to his apartment, mm-hmm. checks his mail, nothing's in there. Goes upstairs, sees his mom. And his mom's extremely decrepit. Just yeah, she her value of life is not uh, great. She can't do a whole lot. Uh, he kind of has to care for her basically at this point. Um, what? What didn't they watch that show? Uh, yeah, they watched the Murray Franklin show, which we discovered it's Robert De Niro's character. He's the late night host on this show, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of where we see the first like kind of well, delusional like grandeur that. Uh, well, you see the Murray Franklin trying to think, don't they advertise something about Thomas Wayne running for office? And she's like, and Penny Fleck, like, Thomas Wayne's will fix this place. He'll, yeah, he takes yeah. care of us. We're what, all- and again, yeah, kind of shows you her, like, um, maybe naive. But, Naivety? Yeah. That she is kind of uh, being naive, that she's not really getting, like, what's... And I think that's where it becomes relevant in today's uh, political, uh, you know... Discourse that's been going on. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, we won't get too much on politics, but I do feel that it uh, definitely makes it to where it's relevant um, on today's current, you know, political issues. And it also kind of touches on mental health and how it gets treated here, and at least during that time period. Yeah, like, that just like, wasn't a lot of uh, support. And help um, for these people. Yeah, like for sure. Like you definitely see this movie. It's like this movie. Like most people believe it's like 1981 because a lot. This is based off of like the 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 worker <laughs> sanitation strike that happened in New York in 1981. Mm-hmm. In Gotham, it's it's Gotham City, but Gotham's heavily modeled after New York City, substantially. Oh yeah, very much. And and um, they, I mean, that's actually shot in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I would assume so. The just Bronx, so much like it. Brooklyn, the Bronx, the Bronx. Bro. So it just shows his delusion. Like he's watching the Murray Franklin show, and it's like the corniest, cheesiest, cringiest thing ever. It is. I love you, Murray. <laughs> I love you too. Shut up, later, we're there. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, they actually 
he's in the audience and he's like talking, I love you. I <laughs> and love then, you and then the guy, Robert De Niro's character, Murray, ends up inviting him down on, on the stage and like he's kind of introducing him. And, and uh, I mean, what is he even saying? He's like saying, uh, talking about his mom and, uh, you know, Oh, yeah, he's like, gonna be a comedian in his whole life. My mom said that my purpose in this world is to make people laugh and smile. And Robert Nero's like, yeah, my, my dad when he get th- got cigarettes and never came back too. Come down here. And like they hug it out. I'm like, what? I was like, this He's is- like a proud kid like talking like, I made my bed all by myself. I didn't pee myself. <laughs> I didn't pee my bed. That's like me. Oh, yeah. Funny part. Me and Kai used to also like work at a childcare and so like working with kids he he's like an adult child he's like a yeah. big child almost like he really is his yeah. like development level well it's it kind of shows it almost makes you think like maybe he was on the spectrum a little bit um Dude, there's because so many- he's very smart in other areas but like very odd and awkward and uh a little different you know just and and then uh, they have this cheesy hugging moment <laughs> between the two and uh, and then it's like we realize okay this is definitely not happening this is it's, definitely just sheer insanity yeah so they're definitely playing on some of uh, that's like a really first sign of, of his you know this boy's delusion yeah this guy ain't right and so yeah. it's after that I switched it over to him at uh, Ha Ha's his, uh, his work, and it's like, if you've ever seen the movie Taxi Driver, which is a Martin, Martin Scorsese film, and uh, Todd Martin, Martin Scorsese didn't work on this film, but Todd Phillips did ask advice from Martin Scorsese about like about the plot and things like that. I don't know how much of a sense Martin Scorsese had on this film because Martin Scorsese was busy writing The Irishman, mm-hmm. which also stars Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. And so... I ta- think I think there are some parallels to that. Like, you see, ta- and Taxi Driver... All the taxi drivers kind of just hang out in a, um, like in a diner. A little diner, yeah. Yeah, instead of a diner, they're hanging out in a, at their job. And then it's kind of like we're introduced to uh, Randall and Gary. Travis Bickle's character is like uh, you kind of he's like pretty delusional, but at the same time, like the ending. I mean, it just it kind of leaves everything open to interpretation a little bit. Like, yeah. How much of it was his delusion? How much of it was real? And then that's kind of what the you know, the Joker is about here is that some of it, I think Todd Phillips, the director is wanting to be open to interpretation. And I'm going to open up with this. This is by far Todd Phillips' best film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As far as like his most serious work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't like the hangover. I I actually liked the first hangover a lot. I'm just I thought Step Brother, or not Step Brother. It's a old school, old school. Okay. That guy, old school was a good movie. That one is tight. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't name a whole lot. We're gonna do Gary, who's a little person, like a little little Irishman. It's a little, just a little. Bro, he, he's the comic relief of this movie. <laughs> Thing is, he doesn't even try to be funny. He's, he's not trying. That's the sad like, part. So, I feel like some movies just throw people, and they're like obvious the comic relief, and just gotta gotta get a few laughs, and he's just mm-hmm. being himself. They just make a lot of short jokes to him. Yeah. They're like, if when you play golf, Randall's like, when you play golf, mini golf. Is it just regular golf? And they're just like all cra- clowning on them. Yeah. Because they're a bunch of clowns. And Arthur, uh, Gary's like, uh, Arthur, the boss wants to see you in the office. Oh, yeah. That's when he gets uh, yelled at by his boss for uh, losing a, losing the sign or whatever. And he says, like, just give it back to the, the guy. And he doesn't get the concept, like... 
It's like he was it, robbed. It was robbed. It was broken. It was stolen. And uh, so basically, Arthur's just kind of feeling at this point like he's just being ignored. Like no one believes him. Society doesn't love me. No one's civil. I'm so wrong in this world. <laughs> so, but yeah. So he, he has that. And it's kind of like yeah, the tension is growing there at work. So we're kind of like, kind of getting a little bit of an idea. Like, you know, his home life is not real good. He's struggling on the inside. And he's also, it's showing at work. Um, and it's a lot of it has to do with the people he has to work with. And I don't feel like it's necessarily him. It's more the people that he's around and how they influence him. For sure. It's just like, like we work with a very unique cast of characters. And so like we understand our dynamic. I feel like how we work. Mm-hmm. And um, I've only worked like three, dif- like three different institutions. One was I worked for my dad, and then I worked at a college, and then I I was been in the army, mm-hmm. and now I work with mo- a lot of us are ex-military, so it's it just helps out a lot. But I just feel like it, they un- understand the dynamic where being just literally just shitty towards each other mm-hmm. in like a joking manner is just extremely commonplace. Yeah, and like I feel like they all get it, but I feel like Arthur Fleck's character doesn't he quite. You know. He doesn't quite understand. Which at the time, like this is like the late 70s, early 80s, no one understood anything about mental illnesses. Like I don't think the DS, I think the DSM-5 had just been written, which is like the Bible of like mental illnesses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, think that's probably true. Um, These guys even like, uh, I just believe people are products of their environment too, very much. So... You know, he's, even though he like just, he doesn't kind of fit in real well, but he's also kind of understanding like something is off with him and there's a dip, um, kind of a, a loss there, like connection, like there's, so that's kind of where I think the frustration really grows is that he feels like it's, he's just different from these people. Like he doesn't, they don't get him. Even though he tries to be a you know a decent person, and he just struggles, mm-hmm. and you kind of yeah, it just kind of shows you the the struggle that it is during that time period for people with mental illness, and uh, even now, man, his Shoot. ability to function, yeah. And I just like feel like people have the argument like, well, I just feel so bad for him. Like, there's a lot of people like that. You can't feel bad for everyone, man. It's about survival, and that it sounds is, very shitty of me to say. It is. But. It is. It's awful, but I mean, it's true. Honestly, because there's only so much you can do. Because like, and I think it's different for me and Kyle. Because like, we've worked in this field for like mm-hmm. how long? Three years. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, a lot of it that I see, I feel like, uh, you know, there's only so much I, as another person, can do to help somebody. It has to be on their their end too that they decide to make a, a change or do something, whatever needs to be done, to uh, you know fix whatever they need fixed in their life. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, man. It's like uh, survival of the fittest. You know, the weak ones die out, unfortunately. That's kind of, it seems very apathetic. And, uh, but, it's what it seems like, man. Yeah, and so, it, after this scene, he, uh, he's going, he goes to work and he gets out of work or whatever. And, uh, 
he gets on the bus and he like sees a little kid and he starts making like you know how little kids be like I, 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 the closest thing I've ever gone to this is being at church in a pew and a kid's turn around staring at you and you just don't know how to react so you make oh, yeah. faces at it and like I've had parents look at me weird when I try to make their kid laugh <laughs> and then the mom t- turns around she's like don't be messing with my kid and he just starts hysterically laughing and that's when he she gets out. freaked out yeah and she and then he's like he pulls out know, the card he pulls out that card it says he has a neurological condition that makes him laugh uncontrollably um in what kind of situation like situations that are, are not inappropriate. funny yeah inappropriate you know, which just, how walking phoenix actually found videos or whatever i guess what he figured out a way where he met or looked at authentic people that had this condition and laughed and like learned how to properly do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was there was times where like I was like, oh man, this is like kind of cringy. I like want him to like uh, be able to. Uh, I want people to understand him. I feel like of this movie, that's kind of how I felt, uh, especially with that stand-up comedy part that he does routine, but. Uh, Man, it's just discovered. Like this is this is not a it's supposed to be a comfortable movie for people. It's supposed to um, you know kind of rub you the wrong way a little bit, and it's supposed to kind of I don't know challenge the status quo. Yeah, I could I could see that, and um, so after that he that's where we get introduced to. Um, Zaza Beats character who's Sophie who's played who's a single mom living with her daughter and you can see the conditions of their apartment are essentially garbage like it's not like the elevators making noise but it's probably the best they can afford or a lot of people can afford to and so like she makes a handgun motion when her daughter's not looking I guess like she's like this place sucks right and, like <laughs> wants to shoot herself yeah. and Arthur just is so uncomfortable about it and just doesn't know what to say. And they, then they, they get off. They get off the elevator. Oh, and then he finds like, hey! <laughs> as, as him turn around. And then he does the same thing. But it's like kind of delayed. So it's like a little awkward. And, hey, uh, being awkward, that guy, man, I've been in situations yeah. like this. But honestly, never that to that extent. But it's like, it's like he built that emotional connection with, like, because he, he has feelings of suicide. And he like thinks that's like a connection there with her. And you see that out the movie where he jokes around about killing himself, which yeah. is like, damn, this is heavy. Yeah, I mean it's very dark, and I, but it was enjoyable for me to watch at least too. It's it's a movie that I think you can p- take apart very well because like it's hard for me. It's like I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy some movies that are, are uh, kind of shitty. But this movie was up there with like a definitely well-written film. Mm-hmm. And so after that, um, Rand- oh yeah, he gets a hold of a gun at one point. How does he get a hold of that gun? Randall gives it to him and he's like, hey, you're going to need this. Trust me. Yeah, this is after he had gotten jumped by the hoodlums. Yeah. And so he, yeah, one of the guys gives him a gun. And he's like, hey, keep this. It'll protect you. And that was, but that was actually like while he was getting yeah. yelled at about the sign, I think. Yeah. But anyways, come to find out, he uh, keeps it with him, and then he goes to a children's hospital. Was it? Is and this, the gun falls out. I'm like, nothing like a gun falling so out. So do you think he just didn't think about it? Like he was just so caught up, or do you think that he was actually like? No, I 100 percent think that he had no idea what he was doing with himself. He's probably never handled a weapon. 
at all in his life because yeah. you see before he shoot this this occurs he's dancing with the gun mm-hmm. well first off he just starts dancing he's like talking to himself he's like wow you're a good dancer thanks he definitely didn't want it to be seen so yeah like he definitely just wanted for protection but I'm like yeah so then he just yeah he kind of can I can I say something go ahead why are you bringing a gun to a kid's hospital man you, I, uh, are a bunch of kids with cancer going to jump you and if that occurs, you might as well <laughs> you let, think it, be just let it happen at that point. Like, heck it, man. Like, yeah. you, you, that, 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 that's just embarrassing. Well, he tries to play it off, though. Like, oh, that's uh, just, like, puts his ma- like his finger over his mouth, like, to say, shh, don't say anything. It's just a prop. <laughs> Come like, to find out his boss. Uh, he tells his boss or his, basically what happens. And uh, that's where he gets fired from his job. Over a payphone. Because he, he he had to get himself fired. He probably was he would have had to have told the police that occurred. Mm-hmm. Well, did he tell the police? I mean, then tell his boss that occurred. Like, hey, did yeah. Okay. By the way, I brought a gun to a hospital. Yeah. So the boss is like, "What the hell's the matter with you?" Fires him, and, and then, then we jump. That to, whole sequence was just funny because that. Like, but then that is like where we really start to see him go downhill fast. Like rapid fast, like this. Yeah, like it starts speeding like 100 miles an hour downhill. He goes to, um, cause then it cuts to the scene where he's on the subway train and this girl uh, is like sitting across like a few spots over. And then there's these three guys, like Wall Street guys, they just, are kind of bugging this girl. And like, they're drunk, clearly. And this guy's like tossing fries at this girl. He's trying to get her to, like, hey, have a fry. I'm being nice to you. Anyways, she's highly uncomfortable. And then the Joker just starts laughing again uncontrollably, which is then where she gets up, walks away. And then the guys are kind of like, what the hell is this guy laughing he about? He just ruined her vibe, ruined her chance. And he's still in his clown outfit. He still is like, you know, so they, he's kind of an easy target. He's there by himself. Like, they're all there, but it's like late at night. And uh, that's kind of when shit gets real. It, it gets real. They, just, they start beating him up. He tries to fight back, but man, this is the that's the most noodle thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it's pathetic. <clears throat> he had no chance. Definitely ain't going to win that fight. That guy's about to get... Holes. And then it goes from like them like jokingly beating him up to literally gunshots start happening. Yeah, then you just start to see gunshots, people getting shot. And the first one, I think we talked about, it was like, it was pretty justifiable. At least maybe the first two of them, like that he started shooting at. But then the third guy that was running away once he saw the other guys getting shot, and Joker's just like shooting him. And uh, he shoots him at first, but then the subway stops. The dude gets off, and he's trying to get away from Joker and uh, Arthur Fleck, I should say. Then Arthur just chases him down and is, like, shooting at him as this dude's trying to go up those stairs. Yeah, like, that's that's murder right there. And That's uh, not self-defense anymore. Yeah. yeah, like, he was, like, he was hunting him down. Well, I would say there's one very unique thing. After he shoots the, fir- shoots the first two guys, or in between shooting, I think it's after he shoots the first two guys... And the third guy runs out. He aims the gun at himself for a very brief moment. He did? Yeah. I didn't see. I don't know. I've seen the movie six times. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've seen it a lot more. 
And there's like it was weird. I've seen this movie so many times, but they still forget about it. Well, I think that just shows you his instability. Like he's I just, like he's can't even decide what he's gonna he put the gun, the gun on himself, himself man. Yeah, I know. Like he's just so I, that just made me think of carefree uh, about his own life at this point. That made me think of a song by a lot of people called Kings Park. Yeah. And in the lyrics of the song, it's like if I turn on me, if I even it out, can I still get in? Or they send me to hell? Can I still get into heaven if I kill myself? And I, I, that's Arthur Fleck's life. Yeah. After this point, it's like you, he killed two people, and three, three people. But at that point, he killed two people, right, right. and he briefly aimed it at himself. I don't know if maybe he was looking at the barrel or just like prepared to take his own life. But that was just a very unique, subtle thing that I don't know if the director was trying to do something about it. Maybe Joaquin Adler that. Maybe he did. May or maybe. Or maybe he had no idea what he was doing, but that occurred. So I still just thought that's about interesting. It. I have to go back and watch that part. But um, yeah, so he, he shoots the third guy. He literally unloads. Yeah, he just shoots him. And uh, there's nobody else there, so there's not a lot of witnesses other than them talking about how there's this guy might have had a uh, clown costume outfit on, whatever. Well, he like runs and like he's just very awkward at running. Yeah. He also like wants uh. He he like hides and like he goes to a bathroom and just literally starts dancing. He does. It's like uh, it's almost like a meditative like state that he enters into. I feel like, and then it's like he, once he's done with that, he goes into like this like super pimped out Joker <laughs> mode where he's just like the most confident he guy. Goes, he gets home after literally killing P three people, probably still having blood and brain matter. Oh on. yeah. I think I think it was that feeling of when he shot them. It was the most control he had felt to life. that point, and he was on cloud nine. Isn't that crazy to me? Like it's kind of crazy the way it, it unfolds like that. But you could almost see that a little bit, how that would happen. So uh, he goes up to Zaza Beat's apartment and uh, gives her, gives her like knocks on the door and just gives her a big old smooch. And mm -hmm. I'm like. Loser to loser, that's fake. Definitely. This is a delusion. That boy virgin. That was throwing me off, man. That guy, that boy is just as much a virgin as me, man. Because like he had very, had very little interaction with Zaza Beats at this point. This dude don't know how to talk to girls, let like, alone probably kiss one. I mean, he was stalking her. Like she would drop her kid off at school. He would follow her, which I think that did happen. I don't oh, know yeah, if he it was just delusion or thing. But yeah, because there's so, a scene where she's like, "You've been following me, right?" Yeah, and he, he's like. Yeah. And this is before the kiss. This yeah. was, um, yeah, she comes up to his place like, you can follow me. I think they just have like, uh, I don't know, like a very quick uh, conversation about him doing stand-up at some place. Which, and, uh, you never got to go stand-up, bro. Yeah. That's just asking for them to just be miserable. So. Like, to pretend you're funny. <laughs> In three, <laughs> so two, one. Hey guys, my name is Rudy Rodriguez. Welcome to the Joker Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally lost my goddamn train. What? Uh, yeah, where were we? What were we doing? We were, about, we were talking about like how he was able to imitate so like the Murray show, how he's just delusional. Oh yeah. So what happens after that then? But, but that's, that's how it's like his motto. On the train, like yeah, that was it. Is my, my my mother said I was put in this world to bring joy and life. At the comedy All right, we jumped way too far ahead, though. Back to the. You also see how he wants to be a comedian. 
Hi, this is Rudy Rodriguez. Welcome back <laughs> to the Joker Podcast. <laughs> you know what? Let's just restart and cut all those clips and restart our 30 minutes. <laughs> what should we... Uh, what was the next thing, Rudy? Uh, the next thing, it goes on to... Like, he goes back to work. Um, yes. Yeah, that's when he like is starting to mess around with the gun in the house. Oh, no, yeah. The, the gun and the dancing yeah. thing. I just remember him. It's like, you're really good, <laughs> you're really good at dancing. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was so odd. He's like, just with his shirt off and like his underwear so hanging out and just dancing. Bro, it may be, that may be the most uncomfortable. Oh, sh- shoots the gun at the wall. And he's like, Mama, I'm watching a new war movie. <laughs> Thank God it's a brick wall he shot into. Oh, yeah, God, they shoot out the He was smart on his feet, though, like to turn up the TV instantly after shooting. Oh, no. He was quick. And Almost like he was planning ahead. Yeah. Did you you want to test that, right, Matt? A little bit, most of it, yeah. Yeah, so in Taxi Driver, you see him like get ready with his weapon, like with his gun, and he's like looking at it, and like he just like there's a lot of him just shirtless throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And Travis Bickle is a in Taxi Driver is a despondent Vietnam veteran that is also delusional, thinking he can protect society, goes around protecting child prostitutes, and kills a lot of people. But you see a lot of parallels in this to Joker and Robert De Niro was in that as well. But there's scenes where like he's shirtless with his weapon and just quoting random shit that makes no sense. Well, that's what's always fascinating about uh, when the main character is like a delusional character because you see one side and then see their perspective. And a lot of times I feel like it kind of, it allows the director or the whoever wrote, writes the movie to give it a fair perspective. You see, like, this side one way, well, I could see it this way, too, and it's just kind of like, you know, you make, based off your own, yeah. like, what if, if you think it's real or not. Yeah, and it's so hard to, like, try and, like, rationale, like, the reasons why people do the things they are, but, like, mm-hmm. you have to realize, and we see it in the Joker, you have to be a type of person mm-hmm. and go through a certain type of situation. Oh, yeah. end up losing it, losing the marbles like that. And uh, I think the Joker, I mean, shows he was a, just kind of a... Um, a product of his environment and how he talk about like how, you know, everyone's always shouting at each other. Like no one is civil anymore. I think he t- talked about that in the, in the interview with uh, Murray. Paul Murray, but uh, yeah, you kind of see like, it's just kind of driving him mad. Like no one is decent. Him push himself and he goes to work, gets ready and they keep messing with Gary the midget again. Oh, oh man. Little person or, I don't even know what terminology anymore. And I think dwarf is the politically dwarf. correct, isn't it? I think little dwarf, person. Dwarf yeah. is there, there's people. I think you're shorter than four feet, and it's something. There's midget. Like, there's dwarf. I feel like a midget. Is, I think midget is not like proper anymore. But I see, like, not my familiar. Well, dwarfism is something, but I think midget is kind of considered derogatory yeah. now. There's a different term. Who knows, man? And, and, I think it's, it's little not person. familiar. Unfortunately. I just remember that he's getting ready for work and his co-workers, he was like the leprechaun. <laughs> he's Irish. His, his co-workers definitely remind me of like the fellow taxi drivers and taxi drivers. It's like the way they act. I don't even remember those uh, characters. Why do? Because they hang on the dander all the time, bro. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and he's just getting ready for work. Yeah, just... The, um, he goes to the children's strong. hospital and starts dancing and uh, a gun pops out, you know? It and he's like, shh, like puts his finger up to like all the kids, like, don't say anything. <laughs> Imagine if you're, you're teaching and a gun pops out. How 
shocked. Do you think? If it was a teacher? If it came out of a kid's backpack, I'd be like, oh, fuck, there's an irresponsible parent. But if it came from an adult, yeah. I'd be probably pretty spooked. If it popped on the ground, I'm kicking that shit away. And I'd be like, get your hands on the ground! It almost looked like he pulled it off. Like, the, And obviously, this is, again, where he's maybe a bit unreliable with yeah. his depiction. But it looked for a second like he kind of got away with it. Because, like, none of the nurse aides really reacted. And I, you know, That's one nurse aide kind of looked at it, and I was like, I was like, y'all, this is a live weapon. Y'all ain't going to say anything about this? It's a squirt gun. It's, it's a part prop, of his act. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but it got brought up. He yeah, got he brought was, up to his manager. He's so. really quick to call his manager, and his manager's like, no, why? He called his manager. No, he didn't. Well, he was on the phone in the booth. It was a pay phone, so the manager couldn't have called. <laughs> yeah. He had a, he had he would have had to call his manager. So he called Ben to tell him he had a yeah or something. Something occurred where he's talking to his manager on the phone, and then he's like, "You're fired!" And he slams his head on the glass of the booth, and it breaks. And the manager wanted him to give him a call. So, well, after he shit, gets on, he gets on the he, that's when he gets on the train, and that's when just, it just gets worse and worse. Are you saying the phone booth is symbolism for his character? It's like he I cracked. I'm glass case of emotion. <laughs> He's going postal! Ah! And you see he caught it faster. So he's on the he's on the train and there's these three drunk Thomas Wayne Wall Street guys just harassing this woman that's just trying to get get home, man. Just leave her alone. They're basically just yeah, let's pull white guys. But Travis, I mean, Arthur Fleck is too much of a wimp to say anything about it. But he starts laughing, and she just dips out. and Because he starts throwing fries at her, and he starts laughing. And they're like, just find an even better target to mess with. Because when drunk Wall Street guys are drunk, they just have to be as horrible to you as possible. Well, I feel like they felt like he was insulting their pride a little bit. Like those Wall Street guys, mm-hmm. their egos were well, way too over overinflated. And and he looked kind of like an outcast, too, like an easy target, too. So if they oh, wanted to get up on him, like he's... A clown that's he's dressed in this clown outfit and he's alone on the subway. So, so like easy target. They start, they start beating him up, but when you see him trying to fight back, he's like, eh. like the way he kicks, like man. Eh. I love how he runs he's with so the clown shoes on. No, but you look so athletic. Any scene where he's running with the clown <laughs> shoes on, because he has the hiney like crazy to run with those like. But it just looks so funny. It goes from like comedic, oh, they're like they're bowling them to boom, a guy literally gets shot. It in did. The head. It, it went south real quick. The atmosphere changed real quick. He just started shooting people. It was violent. I mean, it was, uh, it was gory too. I mean, man, I almost say this when people say this is the most disturbing of the year. I'm like, no, it is not. Have they not seen the house that Jack built by uh, Lars von Trier? Was that this year or last yeah, year? Yeah, it was this year. I came out this year. Or Midsummer, where they in the director's cut, they drown a kid. Oh, they did? Yeah. Is it out yet? But yeah, it's out. Even in the normal cut, it. when they jump off that mountain, that, yeah, that is and just boring. It is crush that guy's. But I will say, yeah, like, he's not dead. The point you see Arthur Flex, like, lost it. Because at first, like, he shoots the first guy. It's like, whatever. Like, they're beating the shit out of oh, him. Yeah, but, like, when he runs track, down man. the last guy, he's hunting that Like, at that point, you're like, he's flipped. Officially, uh, he, he's he, lost his job. He's, he's got no uh, no medication. Like he can't get on medication. Like he can't get the help he needs. He's a mess, bro. Oh, man, he's a he's a taste of violence right there, man. 
And it's the only thing that gives them any f- sort of feeling of Arsons. control. Yeah, man. It's, that, like immediately after he goes and just guns down those guys, he like runs and goes into a bathroom, just starts dancing, starts doing the Molly. Yeah, that right? was odd to me. It's like, is he like? It's delusional. Is he like? Because uh, then he kind of you see how he becomes confident after that, like how confident he becomes. Yeah, um, hella confident after he gun down the fourth. Have we even talked about the the neighbor? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm about to I don't think Zazi happened yet, right? She, comes she did happen. Oh, yeah. Right? I think before this all, like, like Because this, that's when he worked up the courage to go to her apartment. Oh, yeah. So, Zaza B's character is a single mom just working. And uh, throughout the, like, there's a scene where they're on an elevator together. And she's like, I hate this apartment. I hate this elevator. And she <laughs> pretends to shoot her. Like, she does the handgun and pretends to shoot herself with her hand. And he looks at her and... When she gets off the elevator, he looks at her and this does pew, and she kind of goes, huh? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> but wasn't his one a little bit over traumatized as well? He's a clown. Yeah, I know, yeah. but it's still like. He's, a prof- he's an actor. Yeah, okay. But for a clown to do that to like your child's right next to you, it was kind of awkward. It's awkward. He like waited a minute before he like said anything back or did anything back. I'm not going to lie, I've been in an awkward situation where like someone said something and I like. Reacted like two minutes later. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's hear your story. Any girl I went on a date with at Union College. I've done delayed answers and it, 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 it's as awkward as it looks. So. <laughs> yeah, it was an awkward situation. But he's thinking that in his mind that she thought it was cool. Or she thought it was funny. Well, yeah, I did too. I thought it was so smooth and so creative, but <laughs> it was like an uncomfortable smirk, but he couldn't read that, right? Right. Yeah. Because at that point, the guy in clown makeup, you're with your daughter, does this like overemphasized bang. Yeah, just random kinda, looking dude. <laughs> I'm going to get into my apartment and knock the door. <laughs> real All right. Quick. It may have been yeah. funny to like other edgy, like edgy people, but to like a single mom that's just trying to get home from work. Kind of, it's kind of, kind of weird. Well, and then uh, another scene it shows us between the two of them is where he, he's following her as she's dropping her kid off at work, right? As she goes to school, he follows her to work. He's got like, like a hoodie on. on. He's trying to look real uh, inconspicuous, real like incognito. Like throwing on a hoodie instantly is an invisibility. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see me now. And then she somehow comes to his apartment later that night. He's like, hey, were you following me? He's like, yeah, I have a gun. Maybe I should pop the place. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like that had to be the beginning of his delusion. That's what I'm thinking. I think the last thing that probably actually happened was when they shared that little sort of awkward smile. Because that's that's completely a reason. Because that was one of the biggest complaints until they kind of addressed that. It's like, why would Zazie Beats be anywhere around this guy? Yeah, that's what you I know, she's, she's got a younger daughter. I mean, I understand exchanging pleasantries, but like, clearly Arthur is a little bit off. Not she's probably. very irresponsible. If like that. Yes, that's the case. Like, yeah. to like, this guy. I think it was probably just that. I think after the smile and the little sort of you know cordial exchange, he yeah. just his head went wild. Oh yeah, but man, it's because he had film for. That's rough, and, man. Uh, so he shoots those people, and he just walks straight home, knocks on Zaza Beat's door, and goes and kisses her. And I was like, well, did you He's got all that this? makeup on. Like, there's been just very little um, 
like scenes between them. I'm like, but a couple. Unless there's like history, like, which there probably what is. What the hell is going on? I just looked at them like, man, I was like, my virgin ass, this ain't real whatsoever. <laughs> I know for a fact. It's not how it works. Yeah, that's, not, that's not how it works. It's like, no, no, no person in the right mind is left a dude in clown makeup that possibly has blood on him from. Hey, you never know until you try it, Rudy. I'm not proud of that. That could be your kink. It is October. Yeah, true. I'll have a key chain, but this is things that didn't add up. This is personal experience. <laughs> well, no, I think that was the whole thing. Is she seemed a bit too like normal. Yeah, I was like, clear. When you see her going about her day, it's very obvious she's an extremely busy woman. She's got a lot of, not a lot of time on her hands, and the likelihood that she would be spending time with someone that, I mean, you know, lives with his mother is clearly not in exactly the best position. Is probably less likely. Yeah, so I guess like he gets like more confidence, kind of, but he also like he goes to work the next day to get all his stuff. Wait, no. Well, he watches the news. He comes up on the news. Mm -hmm. And like almost as proud of himself for like what he caught, but he's okay. finally have has had enough control on something in his life where he's gotten attention for. Yeah, this movie kind of felt like there was um, it was showing to like maybe the economic status of these individuals. So it's like you have um, a minority here, and then you had a poor uh, white person with a mental illness, and I feel like that was just kind of an illustration there to put forward like, hey, like. This is who is being forgotten about. Like these are the ones who are upset that like really need the you know the help to get by. I felt well, like that's yeah. kind of what I was touching on was that and how they've been ignored. Well, soon here. after he murdered the people on the train, Thomas Wayne uh, he watches Thomas Wayne on the TV talk about the incident, and he's like, talks about the clowns and how those people. Right. He calls them clowns, but he was like, these were, I didn't know these Wayne and Thomas Wayne employees. But they seem like good people. And our Penny Fleck, Arthur's mom was like, "See, we're all family. He'll, he'll take care of us." I'm like, why, why is she so obsessed with this guy, man? I was like, "There's something up with that." And then some stuff is like fishy, or whatever. And like any, because like you know, she's always focused on the male. And so I think after he went, he goes to the comedy club, Pogo's, which is John Wayne Gacy's clown name. If you don't know who John Wayne Gacy is, <laughs> he's a prolific murderer. And he goes. He to liked Pogo's to dress club. up as a clown too. He goes, yeah. He goes to Pogo's comedy club and takes jokes. He like he you can see there's also loose loose strings with him because he's like laughing at things that aren't loose. That, you mean like loose group? Yeah. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> My favorite is his notes he takes at oh, the yeah. comedy club. Dirty. Oh dirty. yeah. Sex is always. So funny. he's like up all night trying to write jokes. Yeah. Was, I was like. I was like, Matt seen me do stand-up comedy, and it ain't easy. <laughs> the material we had prepared went very well. It yeah, went yeah. very well. And then the five minutes was over, and instead of walking off, you start talking about what was on on TV. You had your goals, and then you just kept at least you got song. laughs though. You had like five. You had like a good five stringer of jokes going. That's when there was a guy playing guitar who went on right afterwards to play guitar again to like the DJ. So like he had signed up for multiple slots to play guitar. Not even that well. He was a wannabe ass John Mayer. 
So after that, is, um, he goes to work because he's fired. He goes to get all his stuff. And um, they're talking about the guy that gets gunned down. The guy's like, man, it's a great business for us, man. You know, he's going to promote clowns. And uh, Arthur is getting ready to get – he's getting fired. And him and uh, the guy that gave him the gun. Gary? Uh, no, Gary's no, a Gary. little guy. But uh, yeah, I know he was the Yellow King in True Detective. It was like Daniel or something. Davis. Can we just call him Fat Clown? Randall, yeah, Randall or Fat Clown. I was so far. Oh, Daniel Randall. Just kidding. Joker. So uh, Arthur's like, well, funny thing is, you gave me the gun. Like, doesn't even care. He's like, no remorse for anything he's about to do at this point. And so he just, he just, no, they're like, why are you bringing a gun to, like, ask a reasonable question, like, why are you bringing a gun to a kid's hospital, you know? Which, in all intents and purposes, why do you bring it, why would you bring a gun to a kid's hospital anyways? Just forget about it. If it's with your, yeah, outfit and you're I just going was, gig yeah. to gig. I don't, I think that's the whole thing, is traditionally a normal person wouldn't do that, but he was just so forgetful, I think, I think Matt's right, he kind of just, he, He's like, oh no, and put it in his pants, and then it just kind of stayed there until he was at a kid's hospital. Yeah. And so he just goes to work and quits. He's like, I forgot to punch out, and just starts beating the hell out of the punch out thing. And I was like, man, <laughs> dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot to punch out. Just starts going off. And you just hear, you can in hear like Gary, a sadistic manner. You hear Gary like, why, why, stop? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing with him at the office, the funniest. <laughs> That's the one we were laughing at. Then you start laughing like the Joker. No, I laughed at this. that later on. I, 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 when we get, I'll get to that part. Oh, and so, he cuts out of work and um, he goes on dates with Zaza Beats, and Zaza Beats goes and sees him do stand up comedy, which I can speak from experience. Never invite a girl you have a crush on to watch you do comedy, <laughs> it will not work. Oh, no. It's just self. Like decorating, just degrading stories. They're just asking never to text you back. <laughs> so I know there's something going on because I'm like, no girl in the right mind is gonna want to go watch stand up comedy if you just started dating or trying to date. And he goes up there and he just He's starts bombing at first. He just starts. He goes up there and just starts laughing too. It's extreme. How uncomfortable are you when you watch the stand up? That was uncomfortable. That was that was one of the yeah, more uncomfortable no. scenes. Was him laughing, not even being able to get the joke out, and like no one. Just laughing like and I was so nervous for him because he's just like, like please don't bother, he's bro. put just on get, all yeah way. he's put in all this work and yeah. you just know what it's gonna do to his psychological like, character dude, I, just feel so bad for you. I just want you to get one just get one laugh <laughs> and mentally the jokes I, I get that the laughter was clearly in his own head but yeah some of the jokes he said really were genuinely kind of funny like in a in a depraved, yeah. depressing sort of the way. The joke he said on the Murray show, I actually did laugh a lot. Well, and that's what I get that that humor wouldn't have been as popular in the you know late seventies, early eighties. That sort of really depraved, depressing oh, comedy. Yeah, it's like that's not funny. Yeah. I've had a dark sense of humor since I discovered Adult Swim at nine years old. Man. But still, you gotta <laughs> think about that. Adult Swim came out what like late nineties. Mm-hmm. This is set way before that. Yeah. I, I mean. <clears throat> You really I think didn't it's have actually that kind of comedy, though. Was it 1981? Something around that. But, but still, film. I mean, you would have had, like, Richard Pryors and stuff. But it, even their comedy was sort of crass, but it wasn't, like, 
yeah, depressed. Yeah. Like like where they would laugh at I mean shooting somebody. Yeah, yeah I'll show you. <laughs> Which I mean to these to this day, like, do we really laugh at that? But it's Anthony Jeselnik gets laughed. It's looking, it's like, it's it's looking at the dark. Posh point oh, that's dude. fair. Yeah. yeah, but to be fair, Jeselnik's Jeselnik is pretty I'm dark. a big Jeselnik fan, I like to be fair. He's super dark. It's depraved is dark, but it's still comedy. Like, yeah. what's funny is the punchline, not necessarily the material of it. The Eric Andre show? Eric Andre's more... Abs- I love Eric Andre, but he's more of, like, absurd comedy. Yeah, it's more the humor just comes from the fact that it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, so... He was on Dave's Bazaar's Beats. They go and, like, get... Like, after that horrific comedy show, they go on dates, and, I, like, they're, like... Talking at like a restaurant or a donut shop. Well, I'm even thinking like there's not that much chemistry between these two people, so it's like this has to be made up in his head. Is what like, I'm thinking you, like, is this really going on? Your, it's like, dude, you just lost your job. Like, there's there's no way this that she's gonna be setting herself up with that, dude. I remember he gets home from like way too much baggage. He gets home from the date and he starts. He makes his mom dance with him. And she's like, why are you so dressed up? I was like, I just went on a big date. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, God. And he's like dancing with his mom. <laughs> and then like she goes to like, bed. He reads the letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he finds out he's this possibly the son of Thomas Wayne because I guess him, his, mom, his mom and Thomas Wayne had a love affair, which produced Arthur. And then Arthur is a bastard. Uh, technically, he's the Jon Snow of this series. <coughs> Except Izzy. Don't know for sure. So he starts starts freaking out. And his mom's like, I will not talk unless you calm down. He's like, I'm calm. I'm calm. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, he he goes to... That's when he goes to visit the... He goes to Wayne Manor, which... um, That was an odd scene, too. He goes to... He he makes him smile. Bruce Wayne. He sees the little Bruce Wayne. Little Bruce. Little Brucey. Bruce Bruce. And they, um, uh, Pennyworth is there, the butler from the series, and he, like, oddly overpowers him, but in the series, like, if you, like, look at the Batman continuity, like, he, the butler from, like, in all eras of, like, the Batman series and Dark Knight in general, he's ex-special British Special Forces. Like, there's a TV series on, uh, I think it's either Stars or Showtime, about his life as a, as the SAS. And he's overpowered by a member of Death Cap and Cutie, essentially. It could also, again, it's really tough to tell when he's being delusional and when it's actually happening. Hey, I believe with the Wayne Manor, but I also believe he got his shit tossed. Well, the problem, I think that was a detail the director intended to because he wants some of it kind of open to interpretation. It's like, so he's not going to be super specific about like, what is, what is not. Like he probably went there. But uh, he probably got tossed while he was there, too. Well, he probably didn't even see the butler. I mean, do you really think that butler would have just gotten choked and not done something about it, right? Called well, police he, or something? I mean, didn't technically something become of it later when he but runs into Thomas Wayne and gets rocked? You were the one that talked to my son, right? That's all he said, is you were the one that talked to my yeah, son. Yeah. But that's all he would have cared about. He doesn't care about the butler. That's fair. I got, that's son. true. But, like, he was... That's what got in my head because like Pennyworth literally fought like there's a few series like he fought with the British SES he fought with your boys the NZ SES and like because in the Dark Knight he talks about him fighting in Burma and overthrowing governments 
And I'm just like, there, there's no way that this 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 indie rock band dude looking dude whooped a dude that was at former SES, no matter how old this clown is. I, and that's the whole thing. Throughout the film, Joker is portrayed as weak. Yeah. Like, even in the punch-out scene, like, he doesn't clock it once. He has to hit it, like, four times, and then it finally flies off the wall. Like, I think it's very likely that he showed up, he talked to Wayne, the butler was like, get the fuck out of here, and exactly. then he left. Yeah, his power in this movie was influence. Exactly. Well, he probably as well. <laughs> he gave a disillusion, man. Like, he probably got thrown the hell out of uh, Wade Manor and he goes home and uh, the two detectives are there to try to figure out what was going on and uh, one of those played by Shea Wiggum Detective Burke who was also in True Detective as one of the priests and Bill Camp who played Detective Garrity who uh, was in The Night Of one of my other favorite HBO TV shows and they're trying to get to the bottom of it Oh no, when he gets there, his mom's being taken to the hospital. Yeah, because she had gotten, the, she had been talking to the detectives. And it's like, over the panic because, do you think she suspected her son to be the one that killed those guys? Do you think there's a little bit of, my son probably killed I don't. Him. I don't think she had the capacity no. to string that one together. She didn't have the capacity to get out of bed. Yeah, she yeah. very clearly was being... Just she was just barely kind of walking through the days. I don't mm-hmm. think she had a whole lot going on up top. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, is kind of shown later. The woman is just yeah. not really the all there. She's with the fairies. Oh, yeah. For sure. So he goes to the hospital and that's what the detectives talk to him. They're like, hey, uh, we heard you got fired because you got brought you brought a gun to a kid's hospital. <laughs> Which, honestly, is pretty, like, I can see why he'd be a subject. Get fired from a job. The day after, he brings a gun to a kid's hospital, freaks out. Also, <coughs> they've been trying to buy a gun from other workers for a while. Also, works as a clown. Works as a clown. So he looks like a reasonable suspect. I don't know what you guys think. No, nah, he looks like he's like, like I said, Joaquin Phoenix uh, played that character pretty well because he looks the part very oh, much. He's the obvious he's like suspect. Very, yeah. And well, I mean, because all they, all, they heard, all they had to go on was that he looked like a, a clown. Yeah. So that's when they started questioning all the, all the other places. Clowns. Yeah, but his psych history yeah. matches probably. Yeah, yeah but so they, his they were, whereabouts, like, they were like, all shut down, so they probably wouldn't have even been able to access that information. I mean, I think a big part of it, too, is yeah. the fact that he literally was outside of the hospital for his mother who was well, dying. It was pretty... Because he went to get get access to her information, her medical history, right? That was later, I believe. Oh, wait, couldn't because police he, do what, the same thing? He sees himself in the Murray show, and Murray makes fun of him. Remember, because he's in the hospital. And Murray calls him. Mur- uh, the, the secretary or whatever that wants to get him in, yeah. Yeah, but he remembers watching himself get made fun of yeah. when Zaza Beats goes and gets coffee. And so... He freaks out. Is this when he gets back home from the hospital? Is that when he starts taking everything out of the refrigerator? And then he gets Sleeps into in the it. Fridge. I still did. Did that mean something more I don't than know. it should have? No, I, I, I wasn't. He's running hot. I don't know. He's, uh, <laughs> he's decided to cool him down. I mean, the fridge didn't even work. Like, it's fairly believable. But then... I mean, is there a chance he's on the spectrum and he has some sensory issues? Probably. Dude, this, sure. Some people think he died then. He killed himself. 
Like, I've read that, like, he, the, the movie ended for his character. I mean, this movie leaves a lot of loose ends for mm-hmm. your own interpretation, which is why. This yeah. movie is what Bandersnatch wanted to be. <laughs> There's so many endings to it. So he's, like, he, uh... He sees himself on TV and the refrigerator scene happens, which I don't, that like, I still don't know what that, what that scene means, but it can mean a lot. And then that just he's him. trapped in a box. He feels yeah. like he's trapped in a box. It's like Alice in Chains. I'm a man in a box. <laughs> it could have also, in the classic, it could have just not happened. True. Like, this whole movie could have not happened. That's fair. Like, there's a lot of things in this movie that could not have happened, but. And so. After like the fridge scene, it just shows him going through like out his day. I'm trying to re- remember what else he does in the movie. Oh, and he goes to the, he goes to the hospital. He goes to Arkham Arkham uh, Hospital because there's Arkham Asylums, but in like the Batman universe, but we we don't see it. We see Arkham Hospital. And he goes there to see like the truth about his mom. And then, uh, lo and behold, he uh, was the victim of extreme child abuse by his mother and his mother's boyfriend, who, when the police found him, he was tied to a radiator. And it showed that um, he was adopted, not yeah. that he was... Which he really does bring into question, like, one, were his parents crazy as well, and that's something to do with it, or was it simply just the extreme abuse he faced when he was a child, Right. And two, who the hell, like, I get that it probably doesn't matter, but my first two questions are, one, who are his parents actually, and two, who is the boyfriend? I know it, like, shouldn't matter that much, but... It kind of does, man. Like, it's, there's so many little nuances in this movie that just, like, make it so much better, because, like, the story expanded so much. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with, like, it just kept expanding, and, like, it left you wanting more? Because you know, some movies try to add, like, very unique, edgy things to it that try to make it a good movie. And it just, like, fails. But this movie just did a really good job at peeling on you. I mean, like I said earlier, this movie just leaves a lot to interpretation, which I think people who really fuck with the superhero genre love. Like, the Ant-Man Thanos going up his ass (laughs) death thing was, like, one of the biggest things on the internet. Like, superhero fans love conspiracies, and this movie kind of left the door open for a lot of conspiracies. Dude, Reddit blew up, bro. Reddit went off. Like Reddit's probably going off right now about this movie, and I'm all about it. And it just like you just see like I just thought it was funny when he try he steals the records he the record from uh, Paperboy Paperboy <laughs> because Paperboy was like man she you're her son and he tries to put him away. I was like man this guy probably broke so many hip rules. Right Think now. how bad he felt as he's reading him this yeah. like report like halfway through. Because he read it first, right? Because you could tell he opened it and was like, Ugh. and just continues to read it. And he just runs off, and you never really see him leave the hospital. But he he goes home and he's like laying on his bed, and um uh, he gets a call from the Murray Show, and to get an offer to be on it, and he's like super super stoked about it, and then he just gets more and more delusional. Like he, um, he like um, kills his mom, chokes, like puts a pillow. <laughs> oh, uh, I was gonna bring up the part that he was uh, at his own house. He was even like acting as if like oh. he just got on the show, and he's like you know, going through like his en- entrance. Yeah, he uh, he dresses up and uh, he has the mirror show on, 
And it's Justin Thoreau, who's in one of my favorite TV shows <laughs> from HBO also as well, The Leftovers. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, he just, he's like acting out alongside it. Like I used to do that. I love him time. critiquing himself. Like, yeah. no, that's not going to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like critiquing himself. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> and it's all like all the takes he's doing leads up to him shooting himself. He's like, no, <laughs> Every not. single one. Exactly. Yeah. And which makes me think, like, the refrigerator has to be that he feels like he's in a box because, like, that's all he's planning from there on is like he just killing himself. To, yeah. Like, he, does, he doesn't have any other places to hang out at, like, ha-ha's. Well, you're right. Every, like, example he does, he ends killing himself. And then when he does the live run, not quite what happens. No. His yeah. best friend is a, a short dude. and uh, I think that's his friend, yeah. man. It's, like, more an acquaintance. acquaintance. Anything about, like, some of the people we work with, like, we might be... Possibly, like, who knows? We like some guys that serve with an army, like, when they show up to work, we might be the only people that guy interacts with. Has he found out that his relationship with Zaza Beats is a sham in his own mind at, at this point? Uh, it, that's when, oh gosh, the oh no, that, he runs away through the train and it's raining. He shows up at her house, remember, in her apartment. Is this yeah. after he gets back from the he gets back from the hospital? That's he, when he kills his mom. That's it's raining. Mom. He runs through the city. He walks into her apartment, and she's like, "That's uh, the bigger uh, like, 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 mom home." Oh my god! Like she's freaked out. Like, yeah. Who? Who is like you're that neighbor, right? Yeah. That's when you're like, "Oh shit!" You're like, but it hits home when she's like, "Isn't your mom home?" He's like, because he thinks she was at the hospital with him. He's like, "Oh fuck!" And then they do the cuts, and you're like, "Oh, she was never." It's like Fight Club, like when you realize who was never there, but. A lot of people also, do you think that he killed Zaza Beast and her kid? Because a lot of people theorize, like, oh, he when he went off the deep end, he killed them. I don't think so, because he only went after people that were mean. We don't see her anymore, though, do we? That's the thing, like, she wasn't mean, though. She was terrified of him. The Joker is a very psychotic character who really has no One of what made me think of, like, I thought of Anton Chigra from No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Bro, you should have seen before I got my I think he had some more morals. I legit had the Anton. It was bad. I had like a can I speak to the manager <laughs> slash Anton. I was like, it's gotta go. Just who didn't? Who didn't? Just that. chop it all. That was a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Everyone wanted to be like Anton Chigurh from the country. When I grow up, I want to be just like Anton Chigurh. I'm gonna dress him. I'm gonna dress up as Anton Chigurh. What's the most you've lost? I will say Anton killed the girl. Oh no! Yeah, because you see him. Oh, yeah, he's like. People still argue that. They're like, I don't know if he. I mean, he's checking his shoes for blood. He's not just like, oh, the dude's gonna step on some blood. They said some shit. I don't know. That dog. That, that dude's made up his mind already. Yeah, so, well, that was always so funny. Is the whole time she's like, "You have to do it." And he's like, "I mean, shit, I guess." <laughs> yeah. So he's like getting ready to appear on Murray Show or whatever, and um, uh, he's like, he. That's when the delusion just goes more in depth. He starts coloring his hair after like realizing Zaza beats never went on a date with him. She's never been in the hospital with him. Puts on the face paint. Then you hear a knock at the door, and it's Randall and Arthur. Randall's being a little adorable guy. He just won a bottle. I don't know, maybe peppermint shops or something. And Randall's like, "Well, here, what happened to your mom? We're coming to <laughs> console you." Yeah. I was like, "Randall, are you really here to console him? Or are you here to beat him up to get him to shut up and saying that you're like you were involved with giving him the gun, which is a felony in Kansas at least." Yeah, and uh, he. Because I remember when, when he's knocking on the door, he shoves uh, scissors in his pocket. I'm like, oh, those are about to come into play. And uh, he just starts stabbing Randall to death. Well, yeah, this is, this was like right after he made another like short joke. Yeah. 
about oh yeah he's like and then he starts laughing uncontrollably oh yeah because Randall's like uh, he's been asking the, the detectives been talking to everyone at Ha Ha's and uh, little Gary's like what detectives they didn't ask they didn't talk to me yeah if they had a if if it was a midget it would have they would have would have been in jail by now. And he starts laughing and told me, and then uh, starts stabbing Randall to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Gary's like, oh, oh, <laughs> that was the funniest part. Gary's like over the car. No, the best is he when he's trying out. to do the walk. He's trying to run out. I love how he kisses him on the forehead, too. He's just like, you always good to me. And then he you tries know, to leave, and he's like, oh. It was so funny, dude. Yeah, he's, like, he's like hiding behind a chair and like Arthur just kissed help hurry like Arthur Arthur with uh, he has with, morals for who he kills yeah Arthur with like Gary the midget is what Travis Bickle was with Jodie Foster's character in Taxi Driver like that was like the only good thing in him even though Jodie Foster's a 13 year old prostitute that can, wants to continue being a prostitute and Arthur's just a short guy that just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, man. And he just walks past um, Gary's body or whatever. Uh, Gary's walking out. And then he... And then it starts... He paying. wouldn't have looked right, though, if he had killed uh, the little... Yeah, man, he can't... Well, just show, again, it shows he has, like, some, at least, morals on who he kills. But is that, is that There's a code? I, I think it's more about the fact that... Yeah, that's fair. He or it's an impulsive people. action for him. I think for him, it's the fact that the little, the little man. I think he sees himself in the. Well, the little guy's never wronged him. That's his whole thing is he's only really mad about the people that have treated him poorly. Right. Right. Which his mom, he would have never had a problem until she lied lied to him. So do you think of, but do you think it's that he's choosing to kill people that wronged him or it's an impulse? I think it's an impulse. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's morals. I think it's just he doesn't feel the impulse to kill someone that hasn't wronged him. Yeah, that that has nothing, like, he has nothing to gain by killing that little dude. And, like, Gary was always nice. And then... And so, uh, yeah, this is the part that I got lost to when certain things happen with our program. And it's, uh, I'm going to start from just the basic part of it. So after the incident with Arthur, Arthur, uh, Gary, and Randall, after he murders him in cold blood, and he, Paul Glitter, song, the song comes on, like, down, like, it's played at every single sport, sporting event, and uh, he's... Because it it's his, uh, you know, his big moment to shine. He probably wasn't that athletic as a, a kid. Bro, this guy was a loser, so, bro. Let's be for real. It takes one to know one, so I mean, trust me. So this is like, he's never played sports. This is his moment to shine. And he's coming out into that song. Yeah, so he's coming out to that song. He's dancing on a... St- he's honestly in having the time of his life, probably, you know. Committed murder. <clears throat> but hey, guess what? It's uh, somehow very uh, freeing for him. What would you think of that scene where he's dancing on the stairs? That he probably had to climb up every day to get to work. It was so... Uh, his dancing is very odd in this movie. <laughs> so... It was interesting, but it's, yeah, it's like, uh, it's almost like, like a drum line, like bandish. Yeah. You know, like. It's a, like a fighter ready to get Almost like a circus ring. show. Yeah. Maybe that's what he, I don't know what he's going for necessarily there, but yeah. Just kind of a odd, odd mannerisms. I agree. And I think that was well played on Joaquin Phoenix's part. 
that this whole scene where he's dancing on the stairs is funny. It is. Because he's joining, and the police show up. Police like, show up. The detectives are looking for him. Is there people like why did the police show up? Like, well, uh, he literally destroyed his office when he left work. His mom's dead, and mm-hmm. there's just a trail of things going on. And also, um, I still wonder. Do you think he killed Zaza Beat's character and her daughter? Maybe we saw I he don't killed think Randall. so. Because they weren't mean to him, but you know. But at know. the same time, uh, I mean, he could be heartbroken. I mean, be, but at the, at the end of the day, she was never, she was never really involved with him. It was all you were never show. really there, <laughs> bro. Walking Phoenix's best movie ever. You were no, never really there. Not. All right, so. <laughs> no, I don't think he does. So it just goes that it shows him getting ready. He, uh, the police chase him or whatever. He gets on the stair. He gets on the train. That's where, like, the chaos intensifies times ten. Because everyone's getting ready for this protest that occurs because um, they're all wearing clown outfits because Thomas Wayne called them a clown. Mm-hmm. Like, early in the, like, early before this happened, he literally fi- fi- real, like breaks into a Charlie Chaplin theater event. And, by the way, the movie, the silent film they're watching is about Charlie Chaplin fighting against the upper class. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially what joke Joker is about loosely, and he finds Thomas Wayne and confronts Thomas Wayne about you're my dad, and um, goes on this long rant, which I honestly thought was very enjoyable to to like hear him say like he's literally talking to him. He's like, I know it seems strange. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. I don't know why everyone is so rude. I don't know why you are. I, I don't want anything for you. Maybe a little warmth. Maybe a hug, Dad. Maybe a little common decency. And this is saying yeah. to someone he has never met before. Yeah. And so maybe and there's always a possibility, since Thomas Wayne's a very powerful man, that he literally paid his way to fake all this information. But there's no way you could fake child abuse that much. Like all the childhood trauma that you see in the earlier in the Ar- Arkham Hospital feed, there's no way that that's all fabricated, but maybe that is his kid, and he has fabricated the adoption, but damn, and so Thomas Wayne yeah. punches him and says, go anywhere near my kid, I'll kill you. Yeah. But just to, see, just to know that Thomas Wayne called these people a bunch of clowns was then seeing how much they're affected by, man, they're ready for this protest. And oh, yeah. so these kids are, they're, everyone's getting ready for this protest, so they're all on the train, and, uh, the detectives are trying to stop him, and uh, that's Arthur, kind of when chaos ensues. Arthur uh, Flex probably not paying to what he's doing. He's he's scared. Like he's probably in a frenzy right now. He's I know he's kind of just like ad libbing himself. Like he's, he finds a mask and puts it on. He takes someone's like mask and starts a fight. Else. Yeah, they, and then the cops are getting kind of trampled, and one cop shoots the guy, and that's kind of when they start getting on him. And I think. One of the cops they said was in critical condition. Both the cops were in critical condition. condition. So, yeah. But yeah. the unique thing is, because okay, he Arthur finally gets to the murder show, and, he's, and you can hear it in the background, but it never brings up the fact a cop shot someone. Mm-hmm. doesn't bring up the fact that someone was... That person that but was, is that cop justified in doing that? In that situation? It, and honestly... I mean, I, I'm thinking like, bro, I'm being attacked. It's 20 on one, like... Like these these guys don't stand a chance in there, like with all these people that are like, and they're trying to catch the actual killer. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think that's uh, necessarily unjustifiable in what they're doing. They're shooting, but um, you be ruined. You can be shooting. But uh, you did. Who brought up the fact that it was 
It was mentioned that those cops were in critical condition. Frank but, did. But not that uh, somebody was actually shot. Yeah. That someone else it was, was Frank. actually shot. Frank brought that up. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting point that was made. It's an all-boys school education, man. Prepares for this moment to review the Joker. Yeah. Well, sadly, that part got deleted. <laughs> so uh, what happens after that? So they make it the murder show. And that's when like, he's, he's in the background getting ready for uh, – he's in the – the green room, whatever, getting ready, and Murray comes, opens the door with Mark Murray as assistant, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Murray." Mark Murray's character. Mark <laughs> I just character. want to try that one again. <laughs> Murray and Mark Frank. Mark Maron's character is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" It's Mister Franklin to you, and Murray's like, "No, no, it's fine." And it's like Arthur thinks they're friends, mm-hmm. even though the fact that they've never met once. Arthur just so knows him. Delusional nature. Arthur just knows. Yeah, he's delusional. Arthur just knows the guy that made fun of him at Pogo's. Yeah. And so he's like, "When you, Murray, when you introduce me on stage, can you introduce me as the Joker?" And he's like, "Why?" Because like, that's what you called me, a Joker. Oh yeah, like in a real sadistic way. Like, and I was just like, "Who is this? Crime. Whose man is this, bro? He's out of control." Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Murray acts real cool with him backstage. But he gives him the grounds was I want a good clean show. Yeah, but the Joker, I mean, he knows he knows what's up, bro. He knows that they're gonna try to make a fool of him because it's happened all too much in his own life, and so he's devised a plan ahead of time to combat that. Yeah, because you see him acting out earlier with the Justin Thoreau scene where he's like pretty much doing a mock trial mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. And in that scene, he's like, knock, knock, who's there? And blows his head off, like, theoretically with his gun or, or acting out. Mm-hmm. And so he gets his he gets his dance move on. And you see, like, the stagehands are staring at him, like, not knowing. They're like, what is this guy on? They're like, they're like okay, this is very uncomfortable for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And so that occurs. And uh... <laughs> while they're doing that, he's dancing, like, out there. Pretty much essentially doing the Molly Rock to get over to where they're at. And he goes up and kisses this female that I think is what they call a, a doctor. A sex doctor. Is that what she was? She was, she was an older yeah, woman. I don't I, she was older, but I don't remember what they described her as. I thought they described her as like an erotic doctor, but who knows. So he goes up and kisses her. And that's the f- part of the film where I was like, oh, right, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable from that for some reason. Because uh, he, she didn't consent. It was probably to him. his first kiss. Yeah. And all awesome. Yeah, he's asking out what he's wanted to do with Zaza Beats, but he's, it's a elderly woman, possibly. Yeah. And they sit down, and Murray's like, "Well, that's quite an entrance." He's like, "Yeah." Yeah, and then. Uh, how would you describe the interview? Well, I mean, how would I describe it? Um, it was, I mean, it was very uncomfortable. It, and it got to that pretty quick because, uh, you know, they're actually kind of trying to get some stuff out of, uh, like some jokes from him. And so he pulls out his book of jokes. And so he's looking around and there's kind of like this awkward silence. And then he's uh, says a knock knock joke. And that's when Murray's like, well, you couldn't. Couldn't think of that one. Oh, this is this is the part of the scene where I laughed hysterically. Like I want to get it right. (laughs) So he says, "Knock, knock." 
And then audience goes, who's there? Rudy, what is, what's his punchline? Your son was just hit by a drunk driver. And then like the lady next to him was like, you can't joke around about that. That's and, not funny. And Murray's like, whoa, we, we don't have that kind of humor here. And um, I know he, uh, he said this. Comedy is subjective, Mary. Isn't that what they say? All of you, the system the, that knows so much. You decide what's wrong, what's, what, what's right, what's wrong. You decide what's funny, what's not. Mm-hmm. And he kind of makes like that's a quote. it makes a valid point like it, that's a that's a valid point it's, it's subjective I will like never this. justify any of his actions in this film but he did make a solid point on what's funny and what's not funny mm-hmm. and I feel like with the Dave's like a lot of things been happening like, especially with the Dave Chappelle incident of things like there's a lot of things that we as a society like what we just what when do we say what's funny and what's not funny and being a fan of Adult Swim and like Eric Andre. Like, my humor that I... Things I find funny, like, most people don't because it just makes no sense. But to me, yeah. I'm like David Lynch in my head of what's funny. Well, and I feel like, um, you know, I think some of us... I mean, most of us probably have at some point in our lives felt like we were outcasts in certain situations. And that's where I feel like this comes in. And it's funny. It's like dark humor about, you know, serious things. But yeah. that's where comedy stems from, is that you can make a joke out of, like, life. I mean, it's... Because life is just always so, you know, serious, and it's hard, it's a struggle. But when you can laugh at things, bro... That's, he that's even weird. says that, too. He's like, my life's a... I, I'm not a politician, I'm a comedian, and my life's a joke. Yeah, and I think he's saying that kind of, like, sarcastically. Like, we treat everything as if it were a joke. Because he's like, do you got anything else to say? He's like, yeah, I killed those three guys in the subway. Oh, and yeah. he's like, you know, if it was me to get and what, murdered. Isn't, isn't that where he's like, what's the punchline? And Mur- like Murray's character? Yeah. Because he's like not getting it. Like, yeah. He's like, doesn't believe him necessarily. But then, I mean, it's like, okay. This dude is weird. <laughs> this, this dude is off his rocker. Yeah. And then, uh, then he says like one more punchline. Yeah, and so he brings up the fact that he killed those three guys, and he and Murray's like, "Oh, you think that's right? You killed those three people?" And Joker's like, "Yeah, because uh, if it was me to get shot, you guys would have walked over me." Oh yeah. And essentially comparing him like, "You guys only care because Thomas Wayne cried about him," and you're like, "Damn, uh, yeah, a lot of people get murdered every day, and only the like unique cases get take it like the highly wealthy or very unique situations was the people died." Which is a valid point in society when it comes to like how crimes are reported and committed. Like, wouldn't you say so? In this society. Yeah, I'm. I mean, yeah. Probably. And so um, this is the line that I really thought was interesting. Uh, knock knock. What do you, and I guess Mars is who's there. What do you get when you when a when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that bans and changes like trash? You get what you fucking deserve. Yeah, and I think... And shoots Murray on live television. Bud Dwyer's him, but Bud Dwyer's someone else. Yeah. And and the whole time, we're kind of thinking... The, we're not sure exactly what the Joker's going to do. He might shoot himself. I thought Joker was going to hit the big sleeve and take himself out of the game for a little bit. But then that wouldn't have kept, kept the character going off. It would have defeated the purpose of any other movie that would be made about it. Yeah. And so... so he shoots Murray yeah. twice on live television. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, people freak out. People start running for the exits. Which you should in an active shooter situation. And he's Run just kind fight. of like 
chilling there with a Robert De Niro's character, which is very, uh, it uh, feels like very weird. You're watching a guy literally just hey, well, hanging. I want to say this dying. in the scenes in which people are murdered, there's no background music. No, there's not. There's no background music when he shoots the three Wall Street guys. I think near the end of the third guy, mm-hmm. there's no music, no sound. Okay, yeah. there's sound, but there's no music playing when he smothers his mother to death. And there was, I don't remember hearing music when he shoots Robert, Robert De Niro's character, when he shoots Murray. And so... No, but for some reason, we, I was kind of sensing it with the build-up. Yeah. But every time he killed someone, I didn't... I, maybe, maybe I'm just mistaken. Well, maybe. why do you think that that would be, though? Like, why because would there not I be Because I think maybe it's like they're not trying to glorify the fact that he murdered these people. So, like, you're not going to add a, a booming sound to, like, this. It just, they just wanted to make it as very simplistic as possible to display a murder on a, in a movie. Which I respect, you know. Could be. I mean, I'm not there's sure there's exactly Wade, how it's glorifying, though, just by playing music in the background. You never know, man. Things. You never know how no people can portray. Could. But then again, there's John Wick, in which, like, nine, a hundred people get killed. There, there's, like, for every minute of that movie, there's a death. <laughs> no, and it's like for every minute of that movie, there's, like, 13 deaths, and, like, he uses a horse as a weapon. Yeah. And so, that, that was, that, that's was crazy. And then he walks up with the camera. I don't remember what he tries to say to the camera. And then it cuts to what looks like a camera room and shows like the chaos that is ensuing because of the events that happened. Mm-hmm. And then you see Arthur Fleck in the back of a police car, which like is almost paying homage to Heath Ledger's Joker, in which like he's ha- Joker's the hanging out of the police car, but this Joker's hanging inside the police car and an ambulance hits him and f- essentially all his followers free him. And put him on top of the car, and then he somehow gets up after being in a vehicular accident, mm-hmm. and puts blood on his the blood that's in his mouth around his face, and makes a smile with it in a Chelsea Grin fashion, almost like the joke Heath Ledger's Joker, you know? Yeah, it was very similar in that shot. Yeah, and then it breaks off to pe- people breaking, like trying to get out of a movie, which was Zorro the Gay Blade, and it's the which way- did come out in eighty one, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Wayne family's walking out. And I will say this. You know there's a riot for people that don't like you. Why are you going to a movie theater in a dangerous part of town when you could have probably rented out a theater? You probably have a home theater at your house or somewhere close in a much more... Well, I think it's place. interesting that uh, you know, Joker and movie theater gets kind of brought in hand in hand, you know. Like in this movie, kind of similar to what happened a few years back with the Aurora I don't know, man. So, you see the Wayne family walking out, and a person in a clown mask follows them and uh, shoots them. Shoots the, yeah. Shoots Thomas Wayne and his wife in homage to the killing joke, Joker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not killing joke, homage to the most common way that that Bruce Wayne became the Batman. He watched his parents get murdered, but the way they pulled the pearls was very synonymous to how how it occurred in the comics. Which, like, you know, I really appreciate it as a comic fan. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I feel like me and Frank are the two biggest comic fans on the podcast as of now. And so that was cool to see. Or, like, unique to see. Whatever. After that. Because a lot of people don't believe that that Joker is the Joker. It's just someone that inspired the real Joker. Which is a very unique way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... It shows Tom Arthur Fleck in jail. I mean, not in jail in Arkham Asylum, 
Arkham Mental Hospital, and he's talking to the therapist about everything, and he just starts laughing. And she's like, what's so funny? I'm laughing at a joke, and you wouldn't get it. And Todd Phillips stated in the movie, I mean, in interviews, that's the one time he really laughed and he meant it. Mm-hmm. Was that last scene? So then it just cuts to him walking out through that hallway, right, with blood on his feet. Yeah. And it's kind of leaving you to basically um, come to the point that he probably kills her. Yeah. And uh, then that's when the people start chasing. The orderly the guards start chasing after him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, was that the end? Yeah, that was the end. That was how it ended, yeah. So, Yeah. We kind of see this the character. I mean, this is very definitely character study sort of movie. There's there's not a lot of action, which I actually prefer. I mean, for this type of movie, it's got to be very character driven. And I thought Joaquin Phoenix played really well. Yeah, so that's the ending. You yeah. just see him walking with blood on his like blood on his shoes, and you see the trails, and he just runs off. Did you uh, did you like the goofy comedy angle they tried to hit this movie? Yeah, I feel like they delivered it pretty well. Dude, compared to other comic book movies... Compared to It, bro, <laughs> Chapter I, 2, the goofy comedy, they hit the goofy comedy so it. much better. It hurt my feelings. I felt like this was... Uh, I thought it was dark, more dark than I anticipated somehow, but it, I found it to be not quite as funny as I was actually expecting it to be. Because I kind of felt like it was going to have like a King of Comedy vibe to it. Yeah. A little bit, but... I mean, it, was still, it was still like fairly dark. I mean, it did have a few... Comedy angles. Though. It's dark and also uncomfortable. Like this was a this was as realistic to mental health. I liked that they made a comic movie with it with like a genre within a genre. That's what I really like really do because I feel like when it comes to movies based on comic characters, it's just the it's the it's either the Avengers series or it's the tragedy that became the Justice League. Especially the topics they go with. I mean, they're just so popular. It's like, right now. They're hot points right it's now. It's like, let's find the most attractive person we can and make him a superhero. And I'm not saying Joaquin Phoenix isn't a snack, but I am saying, <laughs> but I am saying it's well, like... He's slightly <laughs> off. Yeah, it's Especially like, with his odd... Like, you see how his like, back is? It's like just curled, hunched gets, over. Dude, like, that's a condition. Like, bro. he's pulling on... He's pulling... You've seen The Master... Yeah, like that's kind of how his character was in the master too. Just like very odd, like just even the way like their physical characteristics it's are like, that you could tell just by looking at them that they are a little bit of an outcast. I'm gonna say this: this Joker body, Jared Leto's Joker for sure. Oh, for sure, bro. bro Jared, don't do my boy like that. The opportunity was completely different. It's like it was, fantasy football. We're looking at volume, not Jared efficiency. Got, Jared, I like Jared Leto. He got he got a bad. He got a raw deal out of it. It was more. Uh, well, that was just a very poorly made movie. Terrible they, script. They <laughs> just tried to overemphasize the sort of like visual. It wasn't even grimy. Like it was like I don't even know how like edgy. Bro, it was like Spring Breakers, edgy. bro. This was a college dude. Suicide Squad was the Spring Breakers of the DC. Well, they tried to do all the like graphic <laughs> art and shit, and then like it quit like halfway through the movie. And I was like, did you just run out of budget? Like I don't. Know, <laughs> what and I, I'm gonna kind of say, what the bro. fuck was that ending with the fucking knife where she's just like, ah. Oh. I guess I'm ruining the end of Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, three years. <laughs> They're like, you gotta rip out her heart, and they just suddenly have a sword like an inch in front of the supposed demon goddess, and Harley yeah. Quinn's just like, I got it. 
I, I solved the mystery. You know what's crazy to make in the Harley Quinn movie that I'm actually excited about? It looks seeing. so good. It looks better than the better than Suicide. And that's what messes me up is I'm like, is, the, is Suicide Squad in the same universe? Because both of them are Margot Robbie, yeah, right? So. It's, it's within the same universe. But the problem is Which was the- Suicide Squad's like the Avengers. Obviously, it's going to be compared to the Avengers forever. The Avengers created all those movies to set up every character. And so they didn't have to do any of that backstory in the That's Avengers fair. movie. But I feel like that was the best part. But, but Suicide Squad, it was just like they tried to establish so many characters. And by yeah. the time they did that, the movie was dragging. That, the plot had gone show. anywhere. That's fair. And like, all of a sudden, they're movie. killing the villain. It's just like, what? What? That's true. To be Very that was so brutal when they gave the like five minute intros to all the characters, and then the boomerang dude gets like thirty seconds, and then he just instantly dies. <laughs> it was a boomerang with slingshot. That was a slingshot. Slingshot. Slingshot didn't even get an introduction. He just yeah. He just walks out the van, and they're like, "Oh, that's slingshot." And it's like, "Well, see, now this isn't good for him." I've seen enough <laughs> movies. <to tell>. <laughs> <laughs> He's never well, going to get Watch- his own. What do, what do you guys feel about Watchmen? Watchmen. Thing is, those weren't superheroes. They were just people that dressed up in costumes. But I, I don't. For some, I love uh, uh, Garth Ennis, and it, I love all the stuff. He, I love Punisher. I love Preacher. But does it beat Kick Ass? Yes. <laughs> oh my! You'll have to remind me because you're more of a movie buff than I am. But what was that um, Rain Wilson movie where he's a superhero, where he wears that red suit? Super, super. Sorry. It, it, that made me think of Kick-Ass or something. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. Brightburn, Brightburn it's is in the same universe. universe yeah, that's a... Brightburn was better than Superman, bro. Brightburn was better than Man of Steel. Brightburn is the anti is the anti There's, there's, there's not like song. a whole lot of <laughs> movies that are worse than Man of Steel. If y'all disagree, swing first. Find me and swing first, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that punch. Rudy, my question for you, since you're a very avid follower of the award seasons... I know that a lot, this has been a hot topic, if Joker would even, it's such a controversial movie being nominated, but it did get the standing ovation, all the praise at the Venetian Film Festival, which is like, big indicator on what they're going to do with the Oscars. Do you think Joker's going to make it, or do you think the controversy is going to pull it? I I hope so. Dude, if if Black Panther can get nominated for Best Film, this this deserves to be nominated well, for Best Film. So, and if so, yeah, what what awards should they be nominated Original for? Original Screenplay. Uh, best Actor, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. B- best Film of the Year, Joker. <laughs> director? D- D- best Director, yes. This deserves, dude, up there, this is up there for me with Midsommar, with Booksmart, Us. <laughs> See, here's the problem with Class? Here's Here's the problem. I think you should get nominated, but you're going to have a hard time getting me to back down from Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was okay, Dang. You got you, 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 you got me there. There's a lot of nothing. I, I think I like that movie better, but I think I would. The, I think I would the take Rocky Phoenix. That's what I'm saying. Is the controversial part going to hinder Honestly, their chances with the voters? If Leo, if Leo or Brad got nominated and won for Best Actor, I'd let him get it. But controversy I'm, might be a good thing. For this but um, that's honestly a good point, though, because Leo might get, like take some of the votes away from Brad Pitt. You know what? Yeah. I would. You know what? I wouldn't be mad if they won Best Screenplay, Best Original Screenplay, which it is a really good original screenplay. Best Actor for Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. I wouldn't be mad, but I would be cool with Joaquin Phoenix in it. 
I'll be mad if they're not nominated. I don't it, expect it to a, win in anything, but they yeah, need to it be needs nominated. at least a couple nominations. Year's not over either. We've got, I mean, yeah. what's that movie with Helen Mirren and that looks good. I forget his name. Uh, uh, the older we saw the guy, Ian McClellan. It looks Ian dark. Yes. The Mark. That was it. The Mark. Yeah. I that think looks, there's going to be a lot of good films. Do you see the new Fox the News the movie coming out with Margot Robbie? Uh, oh I yeah, like yeah. Star, uh, Scarlett Johansson, the Cole Kidman. Yeah, I've heard about it. I haven't. I didn't see that. Seen it's show, just yeah. like they're making fun of Rupert Murdoch and <sighs> Harvey Weinstein. It's just like. Basically, screw you to the the good liar. Stuff. That's what the movie is with uh, media. The no. good liar. Yeah. There, well, there's one Helen Mirren, and then there's really the uh, maybe it's not Helen Mirren, but the one with Ian McKellen. The yeah, it, it's kind of like a, it's like suspenseful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like there's still like a few good movies to get. Doctor Sleep's about to come out. Doctor Sleep looks like a slap. Doctor Sleep either is going to be just garbage or like a not. I hope, I hope it's not trash. You yeah. know what? I think Obi Wan will do. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi is born for this role hey Jojo and the Rabbit I'm actually really excited for that's going to be a potentially the most controversial podcast yeah how is that uh, we're going to have to talk about Hitler and if they if they make Hitler a nice guy can I be honest how is that oh yeah Hit, also the guy that plays Hitler T.T. Waikiki is from New Zealand yeah I know he's it's, from but the, here's the thing: New Zealand and Australia are low key like the most racist countries. Oh, not because, even low key. Yeah, pretty Dead high ass. key. Oh yeah, dude. Well, here, yeah, like, <laughs> dude, Sorry. like national, like white nationalists from New Zealand and Australia hate Pauline Asian. Hansen, the whole dude, Aboriginal community. Yeah, they fucked. hate Asians so much. They hate Indian. They don't have like the Hispanics and the African com- American community mm-hmm. like the United States has, but Catholic. like the foreigners coming into their country, like there's some prejudice. Yeah, I feel like America is just. I feel like especially America, growing up here, you get a melting pot, man. You get like everyone, everyone, everyone there. You just get but little like, pockets. Yeah, you know, it's also a fucking prison colony. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Bombshell, that's the movie you're talking about with Char- Charlie Stairs in it too. But man, there's some, there's some good movies coming out. But man, I just feel like, ju- dude, for Oscar nominees that should get should get nominations. What, what are we... I don't know. For me, I mean, this is up with Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I got away. I would think it's got to be best director. I want to say Midsommar, but Midsommar is an A24 best picture? film. But Midsommar has a chance, bro, because Lady Bird and uh, Moonlight are both A24 films. I, I feel like that's a movie that's going to be slept on. You think uh, The Lighthouse is going to steal? Oh, that one was good. Lighthouse? Yeah. Is that coming out November 18th? Yeah. yeah. November 8th. Let's go see that, guys. Let's do that. Yeah. If you guys listen to this podcast and you want to come with us, if you want to come to the movies, who's up? Yeah, like we're not exclusive. We're just awkward. You can come <laughs> we're not going to reach out to you to come see the movie yeah. with us. You need to contact Rudy. Already asked her win anything for Hereditary. Uh, no, no, they got I, snubbed. I'm telling you, man. I think it's something I've on. been saying that, bro. It is, that genre doesn't do well. With the it academy. doesn't. Yeah, but Tony Collette killed it. She did. She should have been nominated. Body for that sure. film. Yeah, bro. She. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Midsummer, Booksmart, Booksmart should be nominated for best original screenplay. You want Glass should be nominated. Can we talk about how they snubbed Zootopia? <laughs> life of Coco deserves everything. The Life yeah. of Pi film was no. Li- that was a fucking awesome. Secret Life of Pets too. <laughs> It's You're telling me Boss Baby television show isn't winning Emmys right now? This is ridiculous. Do you guys know this? It might ruffle some feathers, but Zoolander 2 did not get good critical 
I didn't even praise. When did that come out? Like four, Three or years four years ago. ago. I don't know. It's like that's old, isn't it? Russell but didn't get any any praise. Dude, I saw that with my not. dad, bro. He did not buy it. <laughs> he didn't buy it with the first so, Zoolander. It wasn't very good. Did the first one I lied with, you don't mess with the Zohan. He did. Oh, that seems like your dad. <laughs> my dad that's, him, that's definitely my dude, Mariah Carey. Dude, my, dad was, my dad was vibing hard with me. The movies he's vibed hard with this year is uh, Rambo and John Wick. <laughs> that seems like a right of his alley. Can I be honest? People dude, John Wick was so violent, dude. People, yeah, people like this movie was too violent. I'm like, a dude uses a horse as an automatic weapon. <laughs> John Wick literally <laughs> kills like 90 people. In dude, it was so many. It was a bullet. He throws yeah, but they're assassins. That's true. So That's we don't feel so sorry for all killers. They're not rich dudes in the alleyway. They don't matter. Yeah. They, they signed up for this. We should uh, probably give this movie its final review, should oh, yeah. we? Like, how many slaps or spanks or whatever you want to rate it? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 because I, I like the overall direction of it. Okay. Um, it's solid. It, I don't think it was a perfect film in a few aspects, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, looking back, I, it was an uncomfortable movie, but it was one that I... Actually, still got a weird enjoyment out of watching. Sick pleasure, and what you? What were you ready for? You know, I'll come out and say this: I'm, I'm, I'm pretty selective about giving anything higher than like a nine. Like a ten for me is like almost untouchable. I have like as it should be. The thing is like one of my very few movies that I have is like a ten. Love that film, right? Excellent. But I'm still gonna say this is like an eight point five. I really enjoyed this film. I think there's some takeaways that I had some frustration with how heavily they sort of just crammed feeling bad for him down your throat. A little bit, yeah. They, they really forced it. And, and I Manipulating think our if it was a bit more natural, I think I would have appreciated it. But I guess that's the point of the movie. He lived a shitty life there. It's a, it's a movie that definitely has a message. And uh, it's not as so much in keen on making like necessarily keen observations. But like, hey, we're just... Putting this out it's there. not as subtle, have, but it was still done very well. Yeah, 8.5. Yeah, wow, damn. Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna give it the lowest rate out of everyone here. I it's higher than a 7.5 for me for sure, but I'm not sure I'm gonna put it in that eight category just because for my type of movie, it wasn't my taste. And so it's a 7.75. 7.75. Oh man, I'm never doing three quarters. Well, yeah, 7.66. 7.5 was too long. 8 was too high for me. So, it seems right. Okay. But, there's a lot to like about this movie. I felt like it dragged a little bit. I was, I got bored a few times. I did notice there were times where I was thinking, this movie's like going to end here, and then it doesn't. Yeah, it was like, a three-hour runtime. It keeps going. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I thought that was going to be the end. I mean, time. there's some aspects... Like I loved about the movie, and then there's others I thought were a little cringy. Yeah, but how would you rate it as an origin film? See, I am the. You can ask Rudy this since he's met me. I am like probably I've never been nice to superhero or comic book movies That's ever totally fair. Either, in my I'm life. Since you had a girlfriend, bro. Once you get a girlfriend, <laughs> you stop caring about comic books, bro. Bro, I don't care about. You had true. a girlfriend before. And when do you transition to anime? <laughs> Again, it's no girlfriend. <laughs> oh man, okay, we've already said. Yeah, dude, when are we doing the anime podcast? <laughs> we've done one anime actually. Oh. One anime already. We're gonna do How many reviews did you guys do? 
movie. Like movie anime or like TV anime? We're gonna, all, always watch away, right? in the house. We're, we're going to do Cowboy Bebop. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That, wait, the no, live action the one? The one that's going to be like uh, off of hi- on hi- hiatus for like the next a year. John Cho got fucked up. Yeah, I saw that. God said, I, God said I'm not about this. To be fair, the dude's name is Spike Spiegel. Like, <laughs> very Jewish. <laughs> Spike Spiegel. It should have been oh, played by... Well, they got ripped when they tried to make a husky Ein. Because I remember that. It was originally supposed to be a husky. And then everyone was like, uh, fuck yourself. It's a corgi. And they got a corgi, like, immediately. They were like, okay, we goofed. We admit that. We really goofed. That was good. Well, Rudy, Rudy here, here's it? my question, though. What's up? I mean, this movie, to me... Does not rank higher than Midsommar and um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Where would you rank it with those two movies? Because I know those are your top two. Oh no! Like, I, I, I do that to me, and I'm like, shit. Maybe it's like an eight point two five. Midsummer's yeah. not quite a nine, but it's better than this. Yeah. Right. Midsummer. I was gonna say it's eight point three to me, but the thing is, Midsummer. It's eight twenty four, so it's automatically gonna be better than Joker. It's eight twenty four. My feeling is, uh, I actually think I. Almost enjoyed this, watching it better than Midsummer, but I think Midsummer's probably uh, a more well-rounded, um, maybe a better overall film. The, also has a very but nice I enjoyed watching. I don't it's know. It's the like visual, three and a half, isn't it? The it's visuals in Midsummer were insane. Oh yeah, that's what that's what like Midsummer. Well, Astra so, kills it. Every the music time. was dude. The music for Midsummer. I listen to the soundtrack. Time. That suspense, like the suspense, oh, was getting cut perfectly. Let, let's also talk about the biggest post nut clarity ever, because mm-hmm. I forget his fucking name. <laughs> that was so odd, bro. That whole scene. Yeah, well, apparently that actor was the one that fought. I don't know why I'm going into this, but apparently that actor really wanted to be full frontal in that movie. Like he fought for it. He wanted. Like Ari Aster wasn't going to do it. He was like, "Why? Well, no. Yeah, because he did. He thought they probably wouldn't give him a a rating that would allow it to be in theaters." They probably would have gave it an NC-17. But I'm surprised they kept it R. That's the thing. Midso- like A24 has been pumping out some good movies. Their Farewell, Midsommar, pumping. The, the, wow. kill, the Kill Team is going to come up pretty soon. <laughs> Damn, pump it up. <laughs> so it's going to be a busy end of the year for the this Rowdy Reviews crowd. This is all the Oscar-worthy movies. Yeah, Christmas and Thanksgiving season's coming. Yeah, dude, Knives Out. But it actually, looks all right. Like, it, you know, it's Clue. It, it was gonna say it's. Uh, well, we we were literally. Is I was like, is this Clue? Is this a Clue movie? Isn't that Ryan Johnson movie? Mm-hmm. We need to. We need to get. I want. We need Spooky. to watch Nine Go, bro. When are we doing so Spooky do. season? Because it is the tis the season. Well, we need to do Doctor Strange. That's another one. Yeah, we need some horror. Some some Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, get some babies on here. I wanna. I was like, I could know do a Halloween one. Which which Halloween? The original. Let's Halloween. do. Let, let's just do Jason X. Skip all the <laughs> Jason Jasons X is, and just go right to Jason greatest X. Greatest film ever. Hey, been. let's do let's do Paw Patrol Halloween special. <laughs> Have, Tune in, kids. There's this podcast. I really didn't like the emotion. Blood <laughs> that Chase was emoting. There's a podcast called Till Death Do Us Blart. It's done by the um, Paul Blart. No, I forget their name, but they're a set of brothers. They have a podcast called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And the plot of the podcast is every Thanksgiving, they come together and watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 
without having watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 1, and they just try to, like, extrapolate what the first movie was about. And they have done this every year for, like, the past three years, and they're going to do it until one of them dies. There's multiple why, why do they not watch no, the first it's, one? they watch the second one every year. Why not the second first one? Paul Blart Yeah, because that's the joke, because they've never seen the first <laughs> film, and they only watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and try to imagine what they the first don't. film was about. <laughs> They don't even need to watch the first one to be able to it's, pick it's, up. It's hilarious. Man, Mike Mavaley had the best cameo. Like, it was so there. unnecessary to make a second one. <laughs> Oscar season is about the big, big, like... Yeah, can we talk about the Paul Bart snub? <laughs> <laughs> dude, there's so many... Dude, if this Oscar is... If, if, if uh, The Dead Don't Die isn't nominated for Best Film of the Year... That's it. I, I'm Midsummer's getting left out, man. Dude, I they snub horror film. films big time. Yeah. It's, I got a feeling that they're just getting it's a disgrace. A it's a breakup movie, guys. Come on. But there's no actors well, in that are going to be recognized. Which did you like more, Hereditary or Midsummer? I liked Hereditary more. I took Hereditary as well. It's, um, I put Hereditary as like just on the cusp of a nine, and Midsummer's probably like an eight point seven five. Yeah. Now that I know we can do point two fives, I'm dropping the joke. Dude, it's my it's just too hard it's, to rate it, you know. The scale cannot be fixed to twenty points. It could be an eight, it could be a nine, but it's definitely in between. I'm just saying, man. Like, if I, I just hope this Oscar season isn't bad. Is, it doesn't isn't trife towards Joker. I, I, I will say this too. I feel like the controversy behind this behind Joker made it so much better. Like so much bigger because like Midsummer. Who was so controversial about it in the first place? They thought someone was going to. It was idolizing, depicting like. To be fair though, if you watch the movie, it really doesn't. No, it's kind of showing the the screwed up world. Like that's the nature of our world. That's what I was saying. That was the one scene I feel like they messed up on from avoiding the public. People were pegging it as a far right film, and I think that after watching it, anything, think it's a far left film. It's not. It's yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to make a point. I I'm think it's rad. I'm just a comedian. <laughs> but no, I think if anything, a lot of the things it's trying to say definitely fall on a more left end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Yeah. I think uh, this one gives you a lot to think. I don't know. But I mean, it's, I still, like, even, like, as more conservative, I still really like I was it. Still for movies, for well, movies, things, it wasn't a political statement. In the film, the film was a political statement to some extent, but it wasn't like. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like right, yeah, right in your Dude, face. the guy that made yeah. The Hangover made this movie. Think about that. Which does fuck me up. Bruh, the guy that made The Hangover made this movie. I don't think he had it. Which just goes to show, you know, sometimes people Maybe are so. not given, like, they're not allowed to excel. They're just yeah. given a, hey, write a comedy movie and do mm-hmm. it. And, and, it, and if you do it well, then that's good too. But it, oftentimes they get pigeonholed into doing that. Well, it's like they say, usually drama movies have the best comedy and comedy movies have the best drama. I think it's difficult to write a comedy these days. Let's not forget too, Hangover like, was hard. exceptionally popular. I mean, I don't To be the within the lines. Word, but the first Hangover was huge. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I never liked the Hangover movies. Uh, I like the first right. one. The first one was good. Dude, the timeline one was funny. And then Richard told me how crazy Thailand is, and it's actually real over there. What goes down in Thailand? What happens in Thailand stays in Thailand. No, it's no know. prime Will Ferrell, though. Well, no. it's no prime Adam Sandler, of course. <laughs> no, Adam Sandler yeah. though is the best producer of comedy movies. What Grandma's we, Boy. Grandma's Boy. Is so, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a cool. Adam Sandler is about to be in an A24 film on Netflix, Uncut Gems. Dude, I. 
so excited for. One was crazy. Kevin Garnett's in. Yeah, one was crazy. He's starring in it. Yeah, Kevin Garnett's starring. You know, like the older, like uh, the the younger guy has like curly hair. Uh, His name is Safid. He played a character with Down syndrome in Good Time with Robert Pattinson. I don't remember. You fell asleep during the movie, but do you remember? (laughs) Yeah, the. I fell asleep during every movie, though. This one? No, the was that the one where it's his brother? Yeah, yeah. he's in that. He's in that movie, and it's crazy. Like he played a that person with Down syndrome extremely well. And I was like, wow, it's really good acting ability. But uh, yeah, if a, if a movie's boring, the rate a movie's entertainment value is when Matt falls asleep. If he stays awake during the whole movie, <laughs> he's not good. Now, I don't think he's ever fallen asleep during Interstellar. No, I'm never fallen asleep because I'm sobbing. I have fallen asleep during that. I know, so in theaters, bro. It hits my heart straight. It hits my heart straight. It's a, I don't know, it's a, it does. It hits uh, right on the personal level. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to be an episode. We're still of, recording? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, it doesn't this, hit on my own This last half hour. <laughs> if you want to be an episode of Rider Reviews, if you get in contact with us, you hit us up. <laughs> no, it wasn't true. I was joking. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Uh, hit us up. Rider Reviews out.